What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Team Chat Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson, joined to my right, my solitary solo right, by Rachel Mogan. What's up? And joined virtually via computer to my very far left, <laughs> Zachary Parks. Very, very possible. What's up? What's happening? And we're also joined. This is special. This is very special because we're, we have two Skype video calls. We're having our, another guest, Antonio Linear. Hello, beautiful people. Namaste. Nice to have you on, Antonio. Excited <laughs> to have you on. You have been, you have given us, it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Thank you. This, this episode is sponsored by NPR, not really. Sponsored by <laughs> <laughs> really. Antonio, make it happen. Not sure. really. Just, just the mug. Just the mug. Just the um, mug. But, uh, but yeah, so we got Antonio on. We're going to be talking about some uh, character design later on. But first, if you would like to get in contact with the show, you can do that by sending us an email at teamchatpodcast at gmail.com, following us on Facebook and Twitter, respectively, teamchatpodcast, you know, dot com slash teamchatpodcast. You'll find us on there. And you can watch every episode on YouTube as well, as well as some game clips, uh, bonus, bonus episodes, highlights, stuff like that. It's a lot of fun. You should check it out, get the full team chat experience. Also too, if you would like to support the show, you can do that as well by going to patreoncom slash team chat podcast. And for as little as a dollar a month, you could support the show and we'll give you some cool perks, uh, depending on what tier of sponsorship, like getting each episode early before it's Tuesday release. And, uh, yeah, so it's uh, fun. You should check it out. But even if you don't, that's no big deal because we will continue to make this podcast each and every week because we love doing it and giving you a great show each and every week. It's the Team Chat Promise. The Team Chat. Guarantee. Guarantee. Let's see. Guarantee. I don't think he did it. It's all right. It's all right. A little bit of delay. We we know you were saying it in sync with us. In In spirit. in, In spirit. So. So, yeah, I so, like it in the best way, though. Absolutely. So, uh, so yeah, everyone, we are doing this over Skype, which is our first time to do this, to, to have a host over Skype. Zach is visiting home in Virginia, yes. so Ooh, he obviously boo. couldn't be here with us today. And <laughs> Antonio is... Even all the pre-recorded episodes couldn't uh, prepare us. <laughs> we have to do one. We're over Skype now. Yeah, <laughs> but... Our quality is just sinking. <laughs> no, this, is, this is technological advancement right here. Using oh, technology fine, fine. to its greatest. So anyway, uh, oh, so the song contest, we do have that to get into. So episode 47, we had a song submitted to us by Andrew Mogan, Bro Mogan. Went frequent Ooh. winner of the frequent song contest. <laughs> frequent flyer miles of the song contest. I think he's actually like on the top of the leaderboard at this point. I think so. Yeah, I think. Zach, catch up. Yeah, you're gonna, we're going to have to take away your leaderboard name if you can't even place on your own leaderboard. <laughs> It, what, was the, what did he guess? What was the answer for this one? Oh, no, it was um, his song. This is his song. Oh, it's his so, song. But he, okay, okay. he won for uh, guessing Civilization 2 and what was the There's other There's too many to, too many to mention. Golden Sun. Golden Sun. Golden Sun. Uh, so here is his second hint It was from last week's episode. It was, making it to the end will suffice, but you'll get a secret ending if you collect all the gems. So... The correct answer for this game is, we had a couple of guesses, the correct answer is Crash Bandicoot, Mogan wins. Boom! This Mogan, not bro Mogan. Oh, nice. Mogan family for the sweep. Oh. It is Crash Bandicoot, Temple Ruins slash Jaw of Darkness is the theme. It was killing me. I had to really think about it yeah. for a long time because when he said gems, I was thinking Spyro. 
Because in Spyro, you go around and collect gems nonstop. And I was like, but it's definitely not Spyro music. Yeah. And I was like, why does it sound familiar? The tune is only played in uh, some of the levels, and eventually it finally clicked, and I was just like, yes, Crash Bandicoot. Very nice. Well, somebody online guessed Sonic Adventures 2, or Sonic 2. Yeah, Cody, right. Cody, Pe- Cody Peck guessed that. Cody, Cody, and, and, I, and I thought it was Sonic, and I was like, oh my god, I missed my, <laughs> <Yeah>. my chance, because <laughs> I always guess Sonic. <laughs> That was an old. Do you remember Sonic Adventure Battle Two, Zach? Uh, I don't know. That that was one for GameCube. It sounds it sounds amazing though. It was (laughs) crazy. It has not aged well, but at in its in its day, we were huge fans. Yeah, yeah. Well, and now they they just really announced that they're re-releasing all the Crash Bandicoot one, two, and three for PS4. I know. Yeah. Well, just announced it. They announced it at E3. Yeah. So uh, it's gonna be pretty awesome. It'll be pretty good. But we do have the hint uh, for this episode is going to be given to us by Cody Peck because he guessed correctly for uh, for last episode. It's, I'm having again a little bit of trouble keeping it in my head which one we're on because I had to do all the like the pre, past, the... and future Jarrett's, and so present Jarrett because we're actually recording in real time. We'll give you me the real uh, the real hint for this one, and it's given to us by Cody Peck because he guessed uh, he guessed correctly for the Braid soundtrack, which is uh, Andrew Mogan's first. Uh, I worry. Pick. I worry that eventually we're just going to kind of cause you to like split into multiple personalities. We're going to have future Jared and present Jared constantly and battling. All three of us together can host the podcast. All three together can host the podcast. We don't need y'all. So it's going to happen. But yeah, so stick around to the end of the episode, and you will get to hear Cody's hint and segment for the uh, for this episode's contest. Now it is time. To get to the topic at hand, the topic of the show, which since it is a uh, since we do have a guest on, Antonio got to pick the topic. So uh, why don't you uh, introduce it for us? Yeah, sure. So um, you know this this topic really came from uh, I don't remember what episode it is, but it's it's the Team Chat dinner party episode. If you uh, don't remember, which was Antonio's also- idea. I mean, not to brag. <laughs> You're welcome. Just throw that in. There. Um, <laughs> Uh, but this is going to be funny because this is going to make us sound really narcissistic. I'm going to say this. Um, the reason I thought about it is because of Zach. Um, one of Zach's picks, see, it was just kind of playing off of each other. One of Zach's picks when he um, chose him, I don't want to spoil the episode. Isn't that really weird? I'm trying not to spoil your episode on your own uh, podcast. Okay. <laughs> um, but what his second pick, the way that he described him, made me realize that a lot of probably why he liked that character had to do with how he was designed. And I know for me, um, with character design, uh, uh, it's one of those things that it, if when it's done right, it really leaves an impression on a gamer. I know that Colin Moriarty on the Kind of Funny podcast, they had a question from a listener that said, you know, what makes a game worth $60? And one of Colin's answers was the stickiness of a game. And for me, one of the things that makes a game sticky is character design, um, great character design, character design, and when that character design intersects with a really great introduction. And Zach really mentioned that when he mentioned that second pick because it had to do everything with how the character looked and how that character was introduced. So when you have a great game, those things uh, make for a really great uh, opening moment. Also, it's Halloween. You know, a lot of people are going around dressed around as characters. And the ones that you see going around, a lot of times they have these really great uh, character designs. And the only way that you can get those kinds of characters is, is having good character design. Nice. Yeah. So I think I that it. episode was, what well, that was what, 41 episode of something like that? So it's it's it's. Oh, yeah, that's enough. right. Because I sent it on episode forty. That's your. You guys are the bomb. Man, that's <laughs> that was, that was that's absolutely right. Episode forty. Brag a little bit on my chat dinner party. 
nailed it. Um, but uh, but I, I think we can go ahead and say just uh, which character it was. It was uh, the second pick was Nick Valentine, right? Nick Valentine, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Well, Nick Valentine, who was very similar to Booker Dewitt, who I also picked, and I had mm-hmm. my whole table of sort of these private detectives. You're so predictable. Like sort of smoking cigars and sipping whiskey in a corner. That was the vibe that I was really uh, really wanted to take to the party. Nice. And uh, yeah, Nick Valentine, man, that's a great, interesting character. Have you played Fallout 4, Antonio? I uh, Yes, I have. So a little bit about me, I, I'm going to be a little bit biased with some of the things that I've, I've, uh, I've chosen to talk about today. So I actually, I don't own Fallout 4, but I do play Fallout 4 because it's from Bethesda, which is here in Maryland. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I played a little bit of the current Fallout 4 and a little bit of the, the previous ones as well. Nice. Cool. Yeah, I'm not. Gotcha. I'm not. I haven't played much of Fallout Four. I've played a little. Or I haven't played any Fallout Four. I've played some of Fallout Three, um, <laughs> and it's just one of the other massive many RPGs that I have that I'm trying to work through. There's my too, many. <laughs> too many. Too many. There's too many. many. Yeah. So I might. Advantage. I might get to. I might get to Fallout Four at some point. Who knows? Mm. So very nice. Um, but yeah. So I guess. I, I guess before we really get into the topic, Antonio, give uh, you know, tell us. Uh, tell us a little about yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I want to hear that. Uh, introduce yourself uh, to our audience who are, who are you antonio well i'm a gemini um, I, look, I enjoy long sits on my couch and short walks to the refrigerator and I, uh, i'm just here to spread love you know to everybody no i um so by day i'm kind of like a public radio ambassador slash logistics operations assistant and then by night i'm kind of this like my life is such a mess i'm kind of this uh like video game uh, live streamer slash uh, indie game copywriter. I do a lot of different things. So I did. Uh, wow, I didn't know that. Nice. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Well, it's it's relatively new. So I I kind of went through after I graduated college. If just yeah. I, I went to college with Zach at Christopher Newport University. Yes. Oh, That's how um, this so, connection. Yes. You know, yes. first began. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yes. So when I graduated, I kind of went through like this very like writing uh, mental crisis. Like I didn't know what I wanted to write and all these different things. Um, and so my latest one right now is indie game copywriting, pretty much for things that like they will put on their website, or a lot of them are developing games for like your mobile devices. So the descriptions that I think you would see um, and those things, uh, I kind of help them make those things happen. Nice, so that's awesome. That's pretty sweet. Um, I yeah. well, let me ask you this because I never knew that you were a video game player in college now is this something you've been do- i never knew that I mean, we, we had, we, we had uh, english classes together and I, right. I always knew you were very articulate and as people have heard in the past episodes some of the emails that you send in i mean some of the emails that antonio sent in they, they're very eloquent and they always make me like giggle because i'm like this is so beautifully written <laughs> oh yeah it, awesome. it was the invitation to the dinner chat party oh, was, gosh, uh, that was one amazing. of the highlights that we've had on on any episode uh, so far, and everyone, if you haven't heard it, it's uh, it's great. I guess it's what back in episode forty or forty one when yeah. we actually did it. Right. Um, so you had been, had you been playing your whole life, or or is it, was it a more recent thing? Absolutely. So I'm going to give you the the short lines of my gaming pedigree. So uh, I um I grew pretty much on PC games, um, and they kind of uh, maybe when I got into maybe middle school, kind of crossed over into like PlayStation and Xbox, primarily PlayStation um, and a little bit of Nintendo as well. So basically, I've been. But shout out to Xbox. You got some good stuff too, but shout out to PlayStation. Let's go. Uh, but yes, yeah, so I, I kind of started uh, pretty much with just like uh, the Super Nintendo, Super, the SNES. 
Um, so that was like my primary like gaming thing of choice. Like it's so funny because I it's funny that you say that because every time I talk to somebody, that's exactly what they say. Like you play video games, and so it's either like the people who are really hardcore gamers are like, what is, he plays video games, or like he just like listens to Beethoven and drinks fine wine on like his armchair. <laughs> it's like yeah, yeah, I play the video games too. So, um, <laughs> I do. So I started with the SNES, um, and then my my grandmother, um, she actually had a PlayStation that she never used, um, and the very wow. first first game that she bought is actually a game that you have mentioned on this podcast and it's called Gex. That was one of the very first games that she had. Yes. And it just kind of, it pretty much collected dust. It was just like sitting in the basement in a corner. And anytime I went over there, that is the game that I always went to. So when you were talking about that, I remember very vividly like Little Gecko and the TV remote and going to all the different worlds and and all of that. Nice. Um, And then it wasn't until college that I picked up the PlayStation 3. Okay. What are you playing right now? Now, what are your what is like? Give me some the games you're playing right now. So, so right now I'm very poor, so I um I don't like own a PlayStation Four or anything like that. So right now I'm kind of playing uh whatever my have. <laughs> so like we hang out because I don't do my like this. I don't have my own podcast. I don't do my own live streams, but I don't mind doing those things for other people. Uh-huh. And so that way I can kind of be involved with those areas and kind of just have fun and then go home and not have to deal with like publishing and keeping equipment safe and all those other uh, very important things. So right now uh, my friends um, and therefore by proxy me, we are playing don't starve. Ooh, I've uh, heard a lot of really kind of like survival game. horror game. We were talking about that, weren't we? Didn't we talk yeah. about that yeah, game? Yeah, we've mentioned it. Yeah, before. I think it had some DLC come What's out it? recently, or, yeah. or yeah. another version of it, or something. Don't starve yeah. together. Yeah. That's, that's, that's probably what it yeah, was. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, Don't Starve is this you know really kind of quaint computer game. I I don't think it's on the other place, the other like systems. Um, but you know, it's kind of like kind of like this Tim Burton art direction esque thing, and it's all about resource management, and it's got a little bit of action to it. I'm also playing Spelunky. Um, Spelunky is this kind of also kind of a very similar, a little bit of survival, but mostly kind of like a puzzle game, like a platformer puzzle game. Um, it's very much modeled after like Indiana Jones in that style, so it's really cool. Isn't that one? I'm like, also isn't that going one, like, back to generated? Tales from the plans um by telltale games telltale games is tales from the borderlands oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then last but not least necrodancer or the full name crypt of the necrodancer which is basically also kind of like a platformer slash puzzler but it involves music and your character has to Ooh. move in time with the music in order to get yeah. to Ooh, nice. that sounds hard that is hard. what they are playing and therefore that is what i am playing <laughs> <laughs> nice nice yeah. Okay, cool. All right, yeah. so uh, so yeah, let's go ahead and jump in. So so you were mentioning the character design stuff. You you like the stickiness. So not necessarily like what the character yeah. looks like, but also what the character like his well his characteristics, his his personality, and stuff like that. Right, right. Well, it's it's, it's really both, right? So um, I guess well, why don't we start with one of the, another game that you also mentioned on this podcast, Outlast. Outlast is this really great game that you said you know it's it's got atmosphere out the wazoo, right? right. It's got so much atmosphere and it creates this really specific <laughs> like um, way that you feel about the game. And one of the ones that really sticks out to me is actually Doctor Richard uh, Traeger. Do we know who that is? It's the doctor. It's the I call him Doctor Scissors. Doctor, uh, that's very um, descriptive. I don't know if, I, I, don't know if I made it that far. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah. I, I you think probably got farther than we did. Yeah, I'll try my best not to spoil it. But basically, the way that the game works is, um, you're running through the game at a certain point, and you're like trying to get away from all these like different things that they call. They look like zombies, but they call them variants or whatever you want to call them. So you're running through, um, and then you. It's a very intense game like it's a reason like you get people get so very very scared of it so you're running through it um it 
kind of reminds me of Mirror's Edge because it's almost like you're always trying to think two steps ahead of what you need to do next. Um, and it's very intense. And by the time you get to the end, you kind of get this moment to catch your breath. You're like uh, in this dumb waiter and kind of isolated from all the things that are trying to attack you and rip you apart. And you go up, 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 up in the dumb waiter and eventually you get off of it. And uh, from that moment of respite, you get introduced to Dr. Richard Traeger, which I call him Dr. Scissors. Um, and basically, he punches you in the face, rips you out of the dumb waiter, and pushes you into the chair. And I remember when I saw it, I was like, what fresh hell is this? Like, <laughs> I've been running from all of this. I had this moment of just quiet. My heart has finally stopped beating. And then just this flash of the screen of this dude with, like, this sinewy, like, gross body. Um, he rips you out. And he just, it's a complete shock. Like, I absolutely didn't see it coming. So, it that, the way he is designed, right, like, it's funny because when you at first before you get to the dumbwaiter, it's actually him that lets you onto it. So uh, you hear his voice like over the intercom, and he sounds very friendly. He sounds very proper. You think it's like an ally or somebody who's like going to help you out and help you escape. So when you get up to the top of the dumbwaiter, and all of a sudden it's this guy with like this monocle over his eye, and he's got like this really like grotesque body, like almost naked, wearing like this really weird lab thing that like has his butt showing. It's just a really jarring. <laughs> she just showed me a picture. He must have just saw it. It's yeah. this really jarring image contrasting his voice. I'm like, whoa, that's a really crazy character design. Um, it reminds me a lot of, again, what Jack said, like the dinner party episode when, when Nick Valentine turns around and you see his yellow eyes, you're like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. And it really, it just, it burns into your brain. And then the next thing you know, you're just thinking about that character going forward. Nice. Yeah. So that one actually kind of reminds me a lot and like the introduction and the build up to, to him and when it finally pays off and you see who it is, uh, that kind of mm-hmm. reminds me a lot almost of Andrew Ryan from Bioshock. Oh, and then, yeah. and then also at the same time, um, Atlas. Yeah. In Bioshock. I was thinking Atlas actually. I was like, that kind of sounds like Atlas. Well, because it's, it's, you're right. It is more Atlas because Atlas. I think so. Atlas is the one you hear his voice. It's yeah. this Irish guy, you know, mm-hmm. and he's always doing like the "Oh, would you kindly?" and all this, you know, moving through the "Would you kindly go here? Would you kindly go there?" And then you, oh, I guess he might not be Irish, but whatever. And then you get to him, and he's actually like this monstrosity, right? If yeah. I remember right, he's very like almost like a Hulk ish, like very and huge. And it's just and, very like, like off-putting. You're like, oh, you're terrible. you are not the nice old grandpa <laughs> I was expecting. You made me bash Andrew Ryan's head in. <laughs> exactly. I would, yeah. With your mind games. With your mind your games. Would you kindly? <laughs> but, uh, oh, sorry, everyone. That's kind of a spoiler. Whoops. But uh, yeah. Bioshock Soldier should have played yeah. it by now. Uh, but, yeah. uh, but no, that so that one that one of of the introduction of those or introduction to their physical sense, I guess, because you already hear them, you hear their voices, you have some idea in your head of what they are, and then the stark contrast when it actually right. gets to it is uh, was pretty interesting. I'm trying to remember. Did, am I the only one that played Bioshock Infinite? Have you? Am I the only one? Yes. That yeah, that? Well, so far you're the Antonio only one. I had I, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Did you, nice. Did you get to the part where you meet Zachary at the end? Or where you get eventually because you see statues of them and you see them kind of big pictures of them along the way. It's a it's a similar thing. However, I can't. I'm like blanking. I don't really remember the reveal of I didn't Zachary know that at the Zachary end. Basically, Shepherd had Zachary is not it? Because I remember. Infinite. I was like, oh, that's like my name. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinking that. Uh, uh, let me see if I like look this up. But I remember the whole time you're kind of little snippets of who this guy is, but he's kind of wrapped in this enigma that the, the people have built up around him. And um, I know I there was, I mean, Bioshock just in general has all flips and turns and especially infinite and um, being sort of the design of him was more built without seeing him. 
which I think is really an impressive thing to do in a game. And it's always interesting, a lot like what you guys were saying in the first Bioshock. It's they're talking about this character over and over. And in that way, they're sort of designing him on the him or her. Right. And mm-hmm. that adds a whole other layers to to a character that uh, you don't get visually. It's more, you know, through audio, which I think is really fascinating. Mm-hmm. I'm looking up right now. But I was thinking, you know, when we were talking about character design, I was going to talk about, and I don't want to uh, diverge too much, but thinking about, like, fighter games specifically. So Ooh, I, I thought, that, yeah. like, fighting games, I think, have to do a lot more than most games in order to character, because they don't really have the luxury of developing a backstory for a lot of these characters. Right. They're there. I mean, like, they'll, they'll, they'll have the story mode, and they'll have little snippets of exactly where these characters are coming from but so much of the detail and so much of the information is sort of woven into what they're wearing their build i mean in overwatch is another good example which is essentially a a fighting game in each one of those characters i love how much detail and thought went into where these characters come from and what they're about you know what i mean oh that's a great example especially like thinking of tekken and the entire tekken series like you see entire families whole dynasties grow and get old but they're still wearing super snazzy japanese mafia purple suits everyone else (laughs) still has their outfits and it is really cool like being able to see characters grow over a series and how they stay the same more or less but change a little bit along the way that's something that's really awesome especially in a long franchise and i'm gonna have mm-hmm. more to expand on that in a little while. Ooh. Ooh. Hey, look ahead to the oh, moment with Mogan, possibly. Oh, no, actually. Oh, yeah. all right. Never mind. <laughs> just, just, I guess like it should have just been like, in general, the just topic in general. at hand. The topic, you know, <laughs> the topic whatever. at hand. Um, yeah, that is a really good point. And o- Overwatch 2 is really going to, I, I know more about it, so I'm going to talk about it a little bit more. But, uh, but yeah, especially with the one thing that, that Overwatch and I think what has led to its popularity and its success has been that the char- that there that everyone can identify with at least one of the characters. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. like either that's true. Uh, you know, yeah. country of origin, so or race or something like that, or even uh, the, I was reading a review in uh, Kotaku, uh, not a review, an interview uh, with some of the the game designers who work on it that says it will be revealed later in in the comics and the digital comics and stuff of the game that there is a a, a gay character oh, in the game. Oh, that's going to be and it's, awesome. And it's Overwatch? Do what? Overwatch? There's this yeah. gay character in Overwatch? Yeah. Oh, okay. And they said it's, 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 it's one of the things that's like, they're like, how do you handle this? Because you can't just like, in the game, especially like Overwatch in game, you can't just be like, "Oh, I want, hey, you're gay." I you want know? Reaper to just come out of the gate and be like, "Guys, I'm gay." gay, gay, gay. <laughs> oh, that, that would Reaper. be the best. Wait, wait. So is the character already in the game, and or is it gonna? A uh, new they, they didn't elaborate. It could be an upcoming one, or but the, from what they were okay. saying, it seemed like it was actually one who's already in the game. Yes. Oh, okay. Interesting. Oh, Interesting. Okay. And it will be revealed in the comics. And stuff later, who, how it, who it is, um, or maybe oh, there already might be hints. I haven't read through all the comics, so I gotcha. don't know a hundred percent. Which makes me now want to go read them to see if I can pick up any clues. But yeah, but they said uh, it, it was an interesting way they had to handle it because you, in in a game like that, it would seem like like they were like. Let's yeah. make a big deal of this. It would be like there's no 
platform in that type of game for them to have like a discussion about right. a character's internal personality other than these tiny little voice lines that they get here and there. And what would the voice line be? By the way, I'm gay. Yeah. It's just be, like they be, don't really have that type in, of luxury. Thing. So it'll, it will be very interesting to see, A, who that character is because I'm not really sure. Um, and then... And then too, and then too, just how they do handle that. Yeah, that's going to be again, interesting. It, it makes the game that much more likable and that much more relatable for the people who play it. Because I really feel like it's one of the games where, like I said, anybody could identify with any uh, one of the characters, um, just because of how of how diverse really the game is. Yeah, and they do obviously use uh, relationship building to good extent because almost all of the characters will have some sort of rapport with other characters. Right. And through those interactions that happen, you know, when you're just hanging out in the spawn point oh, waiting yeah. for the game to activate, you're like, "Oh, okay. They've got a bit of history there." Like I've some of the some of McCree and Reaper's dialogue, it's like, "Oh, they've got history together." Genji okay. And Genji and of course Hanzo, all that good yeah, stuff. Yeah, Genji and Hanzo. Yeah. Anna and Farah, you know, mother daughter, all that stuff. Oh yeah, so. they have some of the best dialogue. Anna and Farah have great dialogue mm. together. That stuff's awesome. So, so that's a, so that's. Uh, a, can we talk a little bit about? Because I think, uh, full disclosure, I think I'm one in ten people who um, is not playing Overwatch, <laughs> who has not even seen anyone playing Overwatch. But I have a question, okay. <laughs> um, and I think this relates a little bit to character design. It's going to cross over a little bit with controversy in character design if it's not too early. So I know there's a character because I'm looking at a picture of like all of them together. Which one of these characters is Tracer? Uh, she's the one with the very short brown hair and like the uh, bright Usually orange like suit. Yeah. And she's got like the oh, blue, okay. the blue orb in the, her middle, like Iron Man. Yeah. Okay. Oh, she looks great. Fantastic. Yeah. Because I yeah. know, I remember I read an article about this was a while ago. Because I just, I'm just getting caught up on Overwatch. Because again, as I said, I'm very behind in the AAA sphere. Um, but I remember there was a little bit of a controversy over her character design, right? Like, is it something about the way that she was positioned? Yes, very or early on, something before, like that. Before the game was even released, yeah, uh, it might have been during the beta. Actually, it was. It was during the beta. She had a victory pose that uh, Ooh, she pretty much okay. just like straight up showed her, you know, showed her ass to the to the camera, and everybody was like, um, "That's that's, that's why." Like, what's the yeah. point? <laughs> you know, so, because, because obviously she's a very you know she's a very fit attractive character uh and so you know and so they felt many fans like felt they were just like that seems a little over the top a little gratuitous yeah that's the thing it just didn't fit her character very well Uh, i saw a lot of people making comparison of oh well if you're widow maker that makes a little bit more sense but for a character like tracer it just had no place in her it was kind of like a fun playful pose it almost it almost looked uh Pinup ish, like a. Like oh, it, a, yeah, it know, almost uh, did, and she model. she does have another somewhat similar pose. She has her over the shoulder pose, which yeah. you could argue is a teeny tiny little bit like that, but really not. Did you ever see um, the original design that they were going to do for the victory pose that got scrapped? Yeah, it was like she like her back is is facing, yeah. and she's like looking over it, like. Yeah, it know. was just really silly, and yeah. it was just like that seems <laughs> really. It, it was a little I, much. Did everyone like that? <laughs> you do get this the sense that these developers said <laughs> it I, I mean at least from my end you get the sense that like i don't i never it doesn't seem malicious okay? or it doesn't seem sort of i don't right. I, I never felt right. like the developers were attempting to stir up controversy I'm, I'm sure in all good honesty they were just like hey that's she's spunky let's give her this fun pose 
and that might you know I'm not defending them. However, in comparison with maybe character earlier versions of Laura Croft or Bayonetta, there's definitely different ways that some of these female characters have been portrayed in the past. I don't want to get off topic and talk about, you know... I mean, it's it's part of character design, though, so it, really, it's on it topic. It is part of the character design, but in a way. for example, and, with... I mean, I, knew, I, and I, I thought we, were, we would talk about Laura Croft, too, because I think Laura Croft is a really interesting character design that's Say evolved. I don't think she's devolved. I think oh, as no. I, I saw because I looked at it today. I saw uh, like a, a little map or whatever of, of of where she's been and where she's come. And her earlier variations were so different than what she is now. I mean, even in the in the last three years, the, since these new next gen, she's still like this pretty person, and she's definitely still like um, a woman. However, she really seems to be like battle bruised in a lot yeah. of ways at least what i've seen it's at least at least once she be i don't know the, the images i saw she had this dirt and she looked very fierce dominating and like powerful and compared to the earlier versions they she seems so, she seems so much i think she's gone in a really great direction as i a agree character. absolutely and i know we've touched on this before but just from a visual standpoint because i've never played that i've never played the new ones so as as far as you know like her we've talked about it like the newer one the crystal dynamics reboot of uh, and everything and mogan is currently playing through rise of the tomb Raider. yeah i am i need to start it i've been lacking in that one i need to get on that but uh but but no because i i feel like you know obviously the the earlier versions of it like she's you know and especially like even what was in the angelina jolie movies and stuff like that like she's got the crop top and like the short shorts and and all this other stuff which back then which they're also i feel like in older games like there was a much it's been a thing that they've always said there or combated against is that you know it's old, old verbiage, sex sells. So yeah, what's going to get a bunch of people to play right. a game with a like a, a female adventurer? Oh, she shows her stomach. She's got you know short shorts. I don't think That's those cool. are the things that defined old school Laura Croft. You're forgetting her massive boobs. See, I was, trying, was... I was trying to be a gentleman. <laughs> no, you, no, here. don't bother. Don't Eyes bother because here. that <laughs> was her old design. Her old design was tiny little waist, huge right. polygon yeah. boobs, tiny really little booty shorts. Like, don't sugarcoat it. Yeah. That's exactly what she I was getting to like. that, but you know, trying to be a, a more like gentleman no. approach. She a had huge <laughs> boobs. Huge so boobs. huge. Yes, exactly. <laughs> there we go. I said it. And uh, actually, do you know the story about that? No. The story, I'm not, I don't know for sure if it's actually true or not, but the idea is that in the very first game when they were developing it, some one of the developers, one of the coders or whatever, entered in some of the specs for her actual proportions, got the boobs wrong. They wound up ginormous, and everyone else said, leave it that way. Yeah. So, right. so it wasn't really? actually supposed to be that way, but they got to that point, and someone just said, yeah, we'll leave it that way. And it's like, okay, wow. so they did actually have the chance huh? to edit that back, and they didn't. That's okay. Well, I mean, it, that that could bring us to um, a very different discussion. Yeah. So, but, but we'll just leave it at that and say yeah. that since then, going from a 
I mean, of course, back then they also didn't have the ability to flesh out characters as much as they right. do now. So she also didn't have much of a personality. But in fairness, most characters didn't. I right. mean, old Duke Nukem didn't really have much of a personality. No. Other than blow him right. up in giant muscles. Exactly. That was his personality. Throwing so yeah, yeah, yeah. since yeah. then, in the course of the games, and obviously very much so with the more recent titles, Rise of the Tomb Raider and the Tomb Raider reboot, they have been able to massively expand on her character. Right. Both physically and those physical changes are huge yes. they have very much made her a character that an a regular female gamer can finally identify with mm-hmm. i look at regular laura croft from the new games and go okay i can see how she could actually fight looking like that that makes a lot more sense that she actually has to make right. her own weapons and go around through the world and actually struggle to be who she is and it's like that makes so much more sense than old Laura Croft did based on character design right because they didn't because they didn't need the the, the huge boobs to like make people play it they they, had, they were they, able to like yeah. they were able, as you said they were able to to build her as a character and really grow her and so then that's you know i did not play the the new tomb raider because I was hoping to see typical standard Laura Croft. I played the new Tomb Raider really not knowing what exactly. I was going to get and had my mind blown by how great exactly. of a game it was. I mean, the new Tomb Raider games have just blown people out of the water, and for good reason. I think everything they did with her character has directly led to the success of the game. Oh, absolutely. Very much so. Absolutely. Very so nice. Very nice. so I, I do want to smoke him before we move on to like the next, you know, whatever character that someone has. But I do since you do feel like you can... Now identify with Laura, you know, as a Tomb Raider. How do you feel about Yuna with the Final Fantasy series? Yuna? I know Yuna started out, you know, with with being in Final Fantasy X. Um, she was received a lot of like high acclaim, and there's so much detail in her character design that I understand exactly why she has acclaim on a broad spectrum, and then also with women. So it, it, I know that the designer, I can't remember his name, but he designed her with like a kimono exactly in mind. Yeah. Because in the game, you know, she does what they call ascending. Oh yeah. Um, and the way that the kimono is shaped and the way that it, it fits her body when she is used in the game and she performs ascending, um, the way it's designed very much fits her character. It very fits what her role is supposed to be with in the group absolutely um but that all the people kind of liked what she had in ffx the sequel to ffx ffx2 that's when some shit went down and i personally i um i understood where people were coming from this is so weird i don't mean to make this like, like the although we should need you need to have that episode like the female gaming i know that mogan probably has lots of yeah how do you feel about yuna as a whole and then also the transition from ffx to ffx2 because she showed a lot well not a, not to me not a lot more skin but she had like a leg out you know she was given like a stance <laughs> she did have you know, one whole leg you? out it was scandalous let me tell you so i yeah. do um I, her design really all final fantasy games have excellent character design. Mm-hmm. If you want to look at a single series that has dominated character design consistently over its entire course, Final Fantasy. They're killing it every single game. Now, Final Fantasy 15 that's coming out very, very soon, it looks like the theme is black, so everyone's going to be wearing black leather <laughs> the whole game. The whole game, it's like, okay, taking a, taking a step back, I see where they're going with this. But in Final Fantasy 10, 
I definitely do agree that Yuna's character design and her outfit in particular, it could definitely be described as more conservative. It was definitely not revealing. Her kimono was floor length. You could see a little bit of her shoulder, but she also had these really great kind of semi kimono sleeves on her arms. Mm -hmm. And when she does the sending, obviously the movement of those sleeves beautifully matches the whole sending sequence. It was phenomenal. It matched up with her staff very, very well. That entire scene is one of my favorites actually from any game. Yeah. If you go from that, wherein she was also not meek per se, but she did have a very mild personality. Yuna was not mm -hmm. bombastic. She was not in your face. She was a more kind of introverted character that was very focused on her task. task. She was focused, mm -hmm. very um, calm. She was a very calm character. And when you went to Final Fantasy X-2, from a design perspective, it was a little jarring for her. Just because she had like this very mm -hmm. flamboyant outfit, really more so than the coverage. I don't really see that much of an issue in that respect because, uh, you know, it's just, it is kind of what it is. But for her personality, those outfits didn't really make sense. The one that she's mm -hmm. initially introduced with, it's very gunslinger almost. It's like a gunslinger. It's peppy. It's very flamboyant. And I'm looking at that going, okay, that matches Riku very well, but it doesn't match Yuna that well at all. Now, that being said, that entire game's mechanic was based on a thing called the dress sphere. And outfits right. were a huge component dress. of that mm -hmm. game. So what you started with was not what you ended with. And one of her ultimates, like her ultimate dress at the end of the game, is amazing. Oh, it fits her personality so well. It's astonishing. Love it to death. And a lot of their designs for the different classes of characters that you can be, I feel, were very well done. But that initial one that they used in a lot of the marketing, it did seem just very out of place yeah. for her character. It didn't seem to fit. It was very Riku, like the character mm. of Riku, who she was like that in the first game. She was very like awesome, like peppy, like, yeah, let's do it. And her outfit kind of matched her personality. With Yuna, not at all. Mm -hmm. It didn't make any sense. Very nice. Do you, do you play a lot of Final Fantasy, Antonio? I did. That's one of the. Uh, I actually, my head. <laughs> yeah, I play. Well, I'm a big fan of Square Enix. Like one of my. I mean, I know you all guys like have your like your favorites, like you know Legend of Zelda, of course, from Mogan, who that character has gone through. We're gonna so talk about it. Don't worry. We're gonna direction. talk about it. That character. Has gone uh, yeah, we so should. Uh, we should slate the next um, thirty minutes for Zelda. So. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. just carve that out. Carve that section out. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole. episode. But I do want to talk about that too, and kind of what your favorites are in that. But yeah, I played a little bit of FX. I played all. I always I played a little bit of FF, Final Fantasy VII again at my grandmother's house. She had that um, uh, that PlayStation that was in the basement, um, and I I only had the demo. So I was one, also one of those kids that's like you know when you play the demos, like oh this is a really short game. I can play this like three times a day. Yeah and right. You can play story, it again. See, it wasn't just me. It. So it shocks me when like you know when I, like five years later someone's like wait what? There's more to the there story. Was more? Show me all of it. <laughs> there was more um, than so just I played that Final Fantasy VII, and then my my friend Rob, he actually gave me Final Fantasy X. I had not played that until like years after. Um, but aside from that, I'm also like a big fan of like Square Enix as well. Like I love Kingdom Hearts. Oh, yeah. um, yes. One of my favorite series. Talk about I character know, design. Oh, we could talk about Kingdom Hearts <laughs> for I, I days. I forgive you. Um, still love you. Um, but Kingdom Hearts is, is, is one of those things that's really close to my heart too. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. Nice. Yeah. Well, I mean, should yeah. we, should might we well just, just go talk. into Zelda? Well, let's just we go on ahead and talk Zelda. about I mean, Zelda. <laughs> you talk about character design, character transformation. Let's let's talk yeah. about Zelda. Actually, Link. Yeah. Actually, before we yeah. jump into Zelda, 
This is a perfect transition period, so we should probably actually go ahead and do a moment with Mogan. Oh, it probably oh, is. Okay. Yeah. Let's do that. Since we're at a nice little break in our design discussion, let's let's separate Ooh. it out with a little moment with Mogan, and then we'll get out, jump into the Zelda discussion. If it's new game debuts or news you can use or new tunes and titles that are adding number twos, it's rumors and gossip and industry info. They make it a new Zelda game. I don't really think so. One more thing before the last word is spoken. Listen up. Ears open. It's your moment with Mogan. All right, so I don't have a super lot of news today, but they did. Nintendo did just confirm that they are ending production for the Wii U within Japan. So they finally came out and said, yeah, we're going to start ending production of the actual Wii U consoles. They did not give a hard date. They say they have enough to last through the next fiscal year, and then presumably after that they will stop making them and start sending them. Now, they did specify that within Japan specifically. It's a little unclear whether or not they're going to continue that trend for North America as well, but I would assume so. With a Switch coming the, out, that the would The Wii make U the was sense. so much more popular in Japan than it was in the U.S. It would make no sense at all for them to continue production yeah. in North America, but ended right. in Japan. So they are definitely ending that uh, in failure, I will say. They should have <laughs> made more games for it. That would have been a great idea, guys. Definitely Crazy, right? And then, it's kind of in comparison, I just want to highlight, uh, the Xbox One just released their numbers again. For the fourth month in a row, they are the top-selling console. Uh, Xbox One. Xbox. How's oh, that? Because point for Xbox. They're, they're, point for Xbox. Put it on the board. So as far as going, I just really liked that <laughs> comparison that I was reading these two separate articles going, hey, Xbox One is not any newer than the Wii well, U but is, they but did the they did the Xbox One S. S. Now, that wasn't specified. It's just the Xbox One has consistent oh. for four months in a row has been the top selling console. That is interesting. I figured that I figured yeah. it would have been because the Xbox One S pushing it over the top. Yeah, well it may have contributed certainly probably the Master Chief collection I'm sure contributed to that as well. Yeah. But it's just like That's hey why man I got an Xbox. Microsoft is killing what? it. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, somebody <laughs> a Nintendo could take a note from that <laughs> from that book. <laughs> and then um because of the uh, because of the few delays that we had with um, pre-recording Pre some of them, a little bit of the uh, out nows are going to be kind of old, but in case you missed it, we'll call it that. There we go. In case you missed it, on November 11th, of course, Dishonored 2 has now officially been out. I am so... I, no, it's tomorrow. Tomorrow. So technically for us, tomorrow, Dishonored 2 is We're going to be November out. 10th. Yeah, so this will be a few days old when the episode drops. Um, it is coming to Xbox One, <laughs> Zach. And PS4 right. and PC, so somebody <laughs> has no excuse. I'm not going to play it. <laughs> it's all about stealth, you idiot. You <laughs> love stealth. Yay. There, but I'm not going to play it. Yay. Yay. There's a trailer that I didn't see on YouTube, so, you know. There we go. <laughs> but it's up there. I mean, you got to play the first one, I guess, really, before We're gonna you play We're going to fire you. Replace you with Antonio. I'm going to play Battlefield forever. Oh, man. Hey, Battlefield's awesome. So. Yeah. All right, so, and then um, another one coming out on November 11th, so out now, the Assassin's Creed Ezio Collection. Ah, so for those yes. of you that missed Assassin's Creed, want to go back to the good games with Ezio, the Ezio the Collection ones. is coming out now for PS4 and Xbox One. And then also, an odd little game that I didn't know about before, but I'm very interested in, kind of reminds me of Child of Light a little bit, Silence is now available for PC mm -hmm. and Mac. 
Yeah, it's a weird little kind of 2D artsy looking game. Silence, there's more to it. It's actually Silence 2. It's the uh, second one in whatever the series is. The first one came out back in 2012, maybe? Okay. And the uh, second one was originally slated to come out in 2014, but didn't. It came out in 2016 and has now finally come to PC and Mac. So we can finally get it. And then, of course, Watch Dogs 2 for PS4 and Xbox One, of course. And then finally, the actual coming soons as of this uh, episode's air date, Pokemon Sun and Moon for the Nintendo 3. Pokemon soon. (laughs) As I saw you share to the team chat page today. Yeah, that was hilarious. I was cracking up reading that. (laughs) For the Nintendo 3DS, November 18th. So everyone needs to play it immediately so that I can play with you. Let's exchange bread coats. And then Final Fantasy 15 <laughs> coming out November 29th for PS4 and Xbox One. Zach, now is your chance. So there's one. Wait, what was that last one? Final yeah, was Fantasy last one? 15. Oh, okay. Oh, 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 oh. That's that the last one. So there is one. Aren't there dinosaurs in that game? I feel like I always ask that. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. There, there was <laughs> a, one thing that you, did, that you did miss. What did I miss? Today, the PS4 Pro. Launched. Oh right. Uh, so what is that? I just care so little. What? <laughs> How appropriate. So oh, yes. To be honest, for Xbox. You know, I'm not even sure what it is. To be honest with you. So it's basically it's it's the it's the the rumored what used to be called PS4 Neo that is their upgraded oh, like right. 4K uh, right. okay. version and stuff like that. It's basically it's their competition to the Xbox One S. Yeah, it's the mid-console okay. upgrade. Yeah, the mid-console upgrade okay. that we're getting now, gotcha, apparently. Gotcha, Which is the new thing now. It's the yeah. new it's thing. It's the new do. thing to make you us know. all spend more money. I do think it. it's really funny that Except the Xbox One S was announced after the Neo, but came out first. Yeah. It's like, ha, point for Xbox. But, I mean, so now we'll actually be able to <laughs> right. see how it compares and how they and how yeah, they line we'll up. Yeah, um, so, so, yeah, those are, those are uh, launched today. So Nice. A little sad that there's Very not nice. like a trade-in option. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't but, that have been uh, great? That would have been nice. I mean, that for that and the Xbox. They didn't yeah. do it for the Xbox either. Um, but, well, but how no. else so are we'll they supposed to get your uh, sweet, sweet money? That's true. But we'll see now Marketing if buddy. that will affect the, the sales numbers of the two consoles. Oh, yeah. That would be really interesting to see. We'll have to track those. Pull up some spreadsheets. Mm-hmm. Track get those on Excel, stats. guys. Yeah. Track those stats. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for that moment. Yep. I can't hear Zach clapping. I'm very disappointed. I was clapping. <laughs> Not clapping I'm loud enough. <laughs> All right. I can't hear it. So let's jump back in then. Uh, actually, yeah, let's go ahead and jump back in now to the to the character design discussion. Right. Going on to okay. the big... Before, before we get to Zelda, all I wanted to mention, and one of the... Because I was going to bring up Link, and I was going to mention uh, one of my most favorite things for characters, and I thought would be an interesting... And we can talk about Link, was Motives. And I thought motives were like pretty much, I think for me, is what 100% made a character memorable in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. All, all my favorite characters, I understood their motives. I didn't always agree with them, but they had clear motives that were really well developed. Now, and Mario to a much lesser t- degree, I, I identify more with Link's trials and tribulations. They really do a good job painting dark and or, uh light and evil to, together and i think that's like it's simple but the way they do it is 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 great compared to like say mario but i was curious if like mario didn't have to save a princess or link didn't have to go fight the, the forces of evil to get to zelda or what have you if, if those characters would be as memorable oh no no no, no. yeah i think it's an obvious 
no, but I just want to – I was, was really thinking about that today, and I was thinking about it's, it's their motives, and it's, it's, or it's what they uh, – against sometimes. And I thought Link was a great example of, of what makes him so memorable because he does have such an iconic look, but he's only iconic because he's done or he does. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so yeah, Link's a great one. Something that's really interesting kind of playing off of that is in addition to his motivations, which we'll kind of expand on, the way he is introduced almost consistently throughout many games of the series really paints him as a character and kind of hints at his motivations very well. One of the better examples that I still crack up about in Skyward Sword. Do you happen to... You didn't play it, did you? I haven't played it yet. No, owns it, didn't play it. It's in my backlog. Mm, Uh, Sorry, everybody. I really want to play that. So in Skyward Sword, of course, it it is one of the newer games in the Legend of Zelda series. So it was like the biggest one since Twilight Princess, if you're not counting the handheld titles, Phantom Hourglass and Spirit Tracks. So it's finally Mm -hmm. like, okay, a grown-up, non, you know, Toon Link character. So when they introduce Link in Scoured Sword, it's fantastic. It's this really broad, sweeping view of Skyloft. There's these sky, what are they called? Loft wings flying through the sky, mm-hmm. having a grand old time. One of them has a letter in its beak, and it pushes its head through a window, and there's Link just laying in bed, just snoozing, just hard asleep, slacking off. He like gets woken up by the bird, kind of falls out of bed in surprise, and he's laying there on the floor, like just kind of in shock, and the bird spits out the envelope onto his face. It like smacks <laughs> him in the face, and then the bird just peases out. And Link is like, okay, I gotta go get up and do this now. Clean so like, the bird spit off my so, face. so like he gets up, like brushes off his hair, and he like opens this letter, and his entire face is like clearly very sleepy. He's like kind of got this droopy expression. He's like, Bleh, like reading this letter, and it's just, oh, hey, it's Zelda. Come meet me at whatever, whatever. And that's such a good intro mm-hmm. to his character overall because. I don't know if you played Wind Waker, of course, not the best game of the entire series, if you're asking me. Uh, One of the ways that he's introduced in that game is his sister comes and finds him, and she finds him asleep in a lookout tower, slacking off, doing nothing. And she's like, did you fall asleep again? And he rolls over, and he's like, meh. So it's like, in terms of his motivations, Link never seeks out trouble, ever. And if trouble never came and found him, he would never go on adventures. You absolutely get the feeling uh, that if Link were left to his own mm-hmm. devices in Twilight Princess, in Phantom Hourglass, in Spirit Tracks, in Wind Waker, if he were left on his own, he would either continue being a swordsmith's apprentice from the very, very old game, he would continue living on a t- tiny island in the middle of nowhere, live out his life peacefully, he would continue being a goat farmer in Twilight Princess, or he would just continue being a slack-off in Skyward Sword. And that's his character, that is his personality, and through the entire series that's very much what he's always been he has stuck to his guns of non-violence and laying around doing nothing he's ready to jump he's out just ready to break those jars yeah he's just ready to break those jars never th- cut grass so he's like this reluctant hero absolutely which I've never no thought he's about. very he ab- he doesn't really want yeah, to fight right. and you never get the feeling that after the battle's over that he continues to fight you know he might twilight princess kind of hints at that that the uh what what is oh I'm blanking on what he's called, the spirit that you go around and meet that teaches you cool sword moves. Ah, I don't I in, can't remember. In what 
In which one? Twilight Princess. Oh, I don't know. I don't no, know. Uh, I forget. Maybe he's just the hero of old or whatever, but it's implied that that skeletal character is Link after uh, the events of Ocarina of Time. So it could potentially be huh. him, in which case he would have continued to be a soldier. So many conflicting but timelines. That's a, but that's a, that's a story for another time, because you see, that's where we have the split of the timeline. So it depends on which one and we're I tracking. I get confused with future and present and past Jarrett. So. Yeah, you probably... I don't no, think you can... Does the, the variations of Link from game to game game affect how you see Link? Do you see him as one entity, even though he has so many different sort of variations? Or when you're playing him in Wind Waker, do you see in, in his mindset very differently than Twilight Princess, where he's a little bit looking a more older and mature. No. So in terms of how I perceive Link, I, th- I always perceive him as the same character. He is the same person okay. in Wind Waker that he is in Scoured Sword. However, there's this really cool theory. It's called the alternate Link theory, you guys. It's, it's in the fandom, I swear. Where uh, some people Uh-oh. say, oh... <laughs> <laughs> It's in there, well, I promise. <laughs> now we're going to get into some different things. Pictures and things connecting, and we're like, oh no. Oh, no. Let me bring up my charts, guys. This, this just goes and like to like hour five. I'm passed out asleep on this table. She's still yeah. going. No, no, no. No, you no, think no. That's what you think. <laughs> well, there's this idea. Some people think that each new link is a direct blood descendant of the previous link. And it's like, no, that's horse oh. apples. It is not that way at all because then it's the same Zelda every single time. Time, and they're presumably maybe having babies. That's a discussion for another time. And it's like, no, that's incest. So he's fathering no. his own baby. Exactly. Oh, no. So that's, that's why I don't agree with don't that theory. Father. So the theory that I subscribe to is the alternate link theory, where it's a different person, technically, every single time. But it is the same person every single time, just yeah. throughout history. Yeah. And it's like, that makes way more sense. I agree with that theory. So in Technically, it's a different character, but also it's the same character because of the fate that he's been chosen for. Interesting. That's great. I know, and I know for me, I I I, I feel the same about Link, and I think one of the great things that Nintendo has done, especially with having so many different versions of Link, um, when you redesign a character, you do kind of risk uh, losing the essence of a character. And I think Link of almost every uh, character that's out there, especially the iconic ones, you never kind of lose in translation the essence of who he is or what he's supposed to be. Um, I do feel that uh, uh, some games, when they do make those changes and when they do get that backlash, um, they have this yeah. tendency to kind of rewrite the character and that can it's, it's very off-putting, especially if you're coming, especially when you have like a sequel to a game and you're trying to come into something. And we could talk about like something like... Dante and Devil May Cry. I know that that also like a like a slight controversy. Like I know that game has a long history of what he is supposed to be. And I know when they rebooted it, they made him like much younger. He was kind of like like a little bit emo, a little bit more grunge. And that even though the publisher kind of tried to push the same um, kind of idea of what Dante was supposed to be, the gameplay of it and, and just the way that like he talked was very different from the, his like his predecessor. So uh, I appreciate Nintendo for what they've done with yeah. With Link. Yeah, is, are you thinking why does yeah how did they how did they pull that off with Link? Is it mainly just yeah. sticking to the same character each and every time? I mean, it's such an interesting feat to me because I haven't played all the older uh, Legends of Zelda, but but it's interesting that that, that you can not 
sort of disengage as they go through these different variations, which are which are really dramatic. Well, Link yeah. in particular has yeah, maybe such... it has something to do with the fact that he's is that he doesn't speak. Yeah, I mean, I, I know for a lot of people with the whole Dante thing, like from the voice actor being different, from the look to being different, we have so many things that you've changed. It almost feels like a separate character. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so maybe for Link, it has something to do with like, that absence of, of voice. Yeah, Link is absolutely book. helped in his preservation of character by the yeah. fact that he does not speak. If they ever made a Zelda game where Link talks, I'd be out. I'd be like, nope. Be too, at it would this be, point, it's exactly. too much of a It would be takeaway. too much. It would be like, no, he can't talk at all. I don't know what you're talking about. So, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> okay, so yeah, that would absolutely not fly. It would ruin who he is. So a lot of people argue he's just an empty vessel, but no, he has a character, and that character is silent, and he needs to remain that way so that I can project all of my feelings and hopes and aspirations onto him. <laughs> just project. Um, I had a character that I was thinking about, and I don't, I don't know his variations as much from past games, but people always talk about uh, Snake from the Metal Gear Solid series, yeah. mm-hmm. and he's been through a lot of different variations. And I don't know if, Antonio, if you've played any of the Metal Gear Solid, I've only played five, and I will admit that before I get into any kind of spiel with this, because I really don't Same. exactly. And I will say, though, um, there was one that came out, but there was Metal Gear Solid 4 Guns of Patriots, and they had uh, an older snake that in, in that game, um, timeline in Metal Gear Solid has always been confusing and baffling to me. I'm not sure exactly where they are with that game, but I just wanted to just throw that in there just as sort of a side note that, that Snake has been through a lot of different sort of variations, and people still are able to resonate with them and still have this, he has this huge following. And, and it must have something to do with I mean, again, I only know him from five, but just how I guess badass he is. I mean, I don't know, yeah. like, but I, I I felt he was super. I mean, that game on a whole was very iconic for me, and a lot of it had to do with Metal Gear or with uh, Snake and all the side characters that were in that game. I've talked about Quiet a bunch yeah, because have. I love her, <laughs> and she, and, but it's also just it's just in the the amount of depth that that game had was was really interesting, or maybe it was just so odd I couldn't forget it. You know, maybe if you make a character like nothing you've ever seen before you can find a gap and sort of make it forever in the textbook of uh of great characters i don't know i yeah. mean certainly snake yeah. and even from the older games i don't know if you remember raiden oh yeah the guy yeah, yeah. he was really really pale had like uh white hair mm-hmm. he almost looked like an albino one of his mm. uh, most iconic appearances in the game is the section where you play as him entirely naked and he's just running around with no clothes on because they stole all of his gear yeah, it's good stuff. <laughs> like He's that. another example of one of these characters that's gone through radical changes that are built into the story because he started out as an entirely human character. And in the recent ones, and I even think he has his own game at this point, he's like almost entirely cyborg mm. because he's gone he through... Might, isn't he, isn't yeah. he uh, Metal Gear Revengeance? He, maybe he is. Because like, they had right. to replace like a bajillion... Po- he's, he's basically Genji at this point. He's yeah. like entirely robot yeah. now, yeah. or majority robot. So that's a really great um, example of character design throughout a series and how it's he's been directly mm-hmm. impacted by all of the events of the series. Obviously, these people are fighters, and he's taken a lot of damage over the years, and that's resulted in him having many, many cyborg parts. Whereas Snake, yeah. he's managed to nice. maintain. I'm tra- now I'm trying to think of characters that were human and then became more cyborg-ish. Did, did, what about uh, Adam Jensen? He's yeah, Adam oh, Jensen. That, that's good. Yeah. He's he's must have been through some I mean I mean he you know, he's he's got a look. I'll give him that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's he's very much I mean, you know what I mean? 
in the in the Deus Ex games, he is human for only like the first 10, 15 minutes of human revolution. And then the attack. Oh no, it's Raiden, not Ryu. That's it, what I said. I said Raiden. Oh, I thought you said Ryu. I said Raiden. Same thing. Oh. I, it's just the way I pronounce it. Playback. Play the clip. All right. Let's play the clip. Let's sell this right now. So, yeah, we're, so then, yeah, you're right. Okay. Uh, but, uh, but uh, in Deus Ex. That's a great example. Oh, yeah. So that is obviously not how he started. Well, obviously, yeah, these pictures. Now. Oh, yeah, you can see here. I'll just show you. I know. I was going to say, you this can't is great. See this at all. Oh, look at it. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> look at how awesome this is. <laughs> look at this. You, look at you that. please on. on Skype can't, can't, can't Stop see Stop stabbing you. We're on YouTube. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but no, so he's only human for like the first 10, 15 minutes of the game. And then the attack on Seraph Industries occurs, and that's when he's... Uh, basically killed uh, pretty much uh, by other augmented people. And then he is rebuilt and made augmented where basically he, he's kind of like Darth Vader or, you know, or Raiden in that, in that, in that sense that he's more, almost more, he's more man than machine. I mean, he's pretty lucky that they had the presence of mind to implant or more machine than man, super cool person sunglasses into his face. Oh yeah. yeah, That could have gone way worse. They could have done like nerd glasses. Right. Yeah. He's pretty lucky. He lucked out there. Yeah. Great point. He really lucked out. out. I mean, with his trench coat (laughs) and all that stuff. Whoever, whoever was doing his design in that facility or wherever they build cyborg people, they were like, no, we're going to make sure he looks really cool, guys. Don't worry about it. In, give him badass facial hair, cool sunglasses. In Mankind Divided, he has the option to, like, you can change his outfit, basically, slightly, but it's all just different variations of a trench coat. Oh, come on. <laughs> How come like, he doesn't get booty shorts and a crop I mean, it's top? It's versatile. I mean, what do you want... <laughs> When you get simplicity and it works, why? If it's not broke, don't fix exactly. it. Exactly, yeah. and a trench coat is badass. <laughs> he looks Come badass on. wearing it. Um, but yeah, <laughs> so, so I mean, speaking of, of badasses, I do want to ask Zach a little bit about um, Halo and Master. Uh, I was going to bring that up next. I was going to say, don't get him started. No, if you listen, of course, you know, big fan, all that. I know. So we talked to Mogan kind of about you know Legend of Zelda Link, how she's not on board if they were to give. Uh, uh, Link voice, and I went down a bit of a rabbit hole on the internet um, uh-huh. on Monday about Master Chief. And one of the things that I learned is that when they first designed him, um, the person they approved the design, and then when they actually went to render him in 3D, he had a very feminine effect to his body. Um, and one of the things that, because one of the things that always kind of jumped out to me with Master Chief, I always kind of had like a little bit of beef with Master Chief because he's fucking huge. Like he was just this amazing guy. He was right. built like the same way you would like look at a woman. Like oh, God, her breasts are huge, her ass is big, there's right. no way I can live up to right. that. Right. I look at Master Chief like, this is bullshit. How am I supposed to compete with this in the real world when he's walking around shooting dudes? And this isn't fair. Um, but then I kind of, I came down off of it once I kind of, because I kind of went through, I looked through kind of the character design of what they went through to get him to that point uh-huh. and why he is that way and having him in outer space. And I, there was one point of the thread where people were kind of talking about why Master Chief doesn't have a face and how that kind of an analog to why uh, Link doesn't have a voice. Yeah, so I wanted to ask Zach, if they were to give Master Chief a face, do you think that would hinder or increase his character design? Hinder, no doubt. Hinder. That every, I mean, what we already talked about with Link not having a voice can be very applicable to Master Chief not having a face. And it also adds a lot. I think, you know, the Master Chief not having a face is a, uh, not only does it help with the character and sort of having you, the player, no, no matter how impossible that obviously is, um, but it's also a nice 
Easter egg that they sort of implanted in the game. It sort of kept him the mysteriousness of him has has sort of I think stole of one of the greatest gaming characters of all time. Yeah. There's there's a lot of and I've talked about this before with with Halo and, Ma- and Master Chief as well. There's a lot of stuff you just don't really know about him. Yeah. What he's what you get about him comes through in very subtle ways and it's almost like the it's the game is scarier or the movie scarier with it's just your imagination it's the same thing the game's all the character's almost better if you if you let your imagination do the work with him um that being said they with master chief i would say they gave him just the right amount of personality because he does have some humor he does have some self-detrimental sometimes he does have little quips that that are make him a little bit more human because i think it would have been really easy to put him as a cyborg being that kills aliens right. and like that would have sucked you know that would have been really boring <laughs> but he is there is a person behind the mask but you just don't know him that well and yeah i mean master chief's great and and the, to see the variations that he went through from halo one to now five is interesting for sure the, the biggest obviously is just that the, the his armor his actual armor that went through a lot of different changes and it always got a bit more detailed and looked like more gadgets were sort of on him somewhere. Not like actual, but like just like maybe air vents or something. just they added more lights and stuff like yeah. that. Stuff that probably <laughs> didn't really matter. But one of the most important things they added were onto the armor, sort of paint being ripped off. Or even in Halo 5, that's now famous, his, his helmet gets broken. His, you know, Which, and these are all great sort of symbolic uses of, of, these, um, of symbolism to show maybe what he's dealing with i mean i mean i you know i think halo's the story is is like a, a novel so i really i love it so much and uh but yeah master chief being this this cat this character in the center is uh is what it's what's happening around him in his reaction to everything again his motives too his motives is huge so um, i was gonna so i was gonna bring up the thing about his help his his mask getting cracked because yeah which is big. it was big and when it happened in the game was i was big. almost like Oh shit! Are they gonna show us his face? Like I, I didn't know if that was gonna like you know, Locke punches him again and like a chunk of it falls out and you just see like an eye or something like that. But and and I was just like, oh my god, is this about to happen? And and I and again the same thing. I was very much like, no, don't no. happen. Like if, I don't want to see it. Yeah, I don't want to see it. And, and- and they've hint, just as a side note, they've hinted at like you've seen commercials where it's like him as a kid. Right, I was going to bring that up too. You know, and and, and, and like now you kind of get he's kind of just this really white pale guy, right? I mean, that's what I've seen. If if someone were to be like, hey, what does he look like? I think he's pretty much a really pale person because he hasn't. <laughs> well, seen, he's been in that like, armor Vader forever. Yeah, he's got he, no time to tan. Son, and but like it, inject injected with a lot of stuff that makes you stronger, right? So I'm I'm, I'm imagining now from all that that he looks like Steve Rogers before he became Captain America, scrawny. <laughs> yeah. You take him out of the armor and he's just like a wimpy little scrawny dude. The armor is what makes up. him strong and powerful. <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, Master Chief, that's a great one. And the character, yeah, his character development. Though I will say he's pretty, he's remained fairly stable throughout the series, which is. Which is interesting and he, a strong point. Yeah, for him, I mean, I, I know in four and five, after it got out of a bunch of hands, he 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 shifted, but uh, 
that he kind of remained a pretty pretty stable person. Now I won't at least in my I opinion. won't harp on it too much because I already did, but this brings up a very good comparison of another primarily silent protagonist, Samus Aaron. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Who spent her oh, entire yeah. gaming yeah. career being a Perfect total match. badass who never really spoke. Mm-hmm. And then here comes oh, I can't even remember what it's called. The worst game on planet Earth. Metro oh, other M Metroid Prime other M they gave her all of this detailed backstory they they gave her all of these actual voice lines they gave her a defined I hesitate to use that word character and it ruined her it ruined that character so many people who love Samus and who love the Metroid series look at other M like it doesn't even exist yeah. that game is not in my series mm-hmm. that's something else I don't know who that person is it's not Samus I don't know who that lady is. Uh, it's a different person. <laughs> it's her more talkative sister. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's her more talkative sister. I don't know who that is. So that's a really great example of a game developer who um, just had no fucking idea what they were doing with a particular character. And all of this backstory and expansion they gave to her ruined it. Uh, I mean, plenty of people point to Other M and use the term character assassination. And that's what it was. Other M destroyed oh, Samus. Oh, wow. Jesus. And it's just like it, it is. It was a death sentence. <laughs> it was horrible. So anyone that has on. played Other oh, M Master knows. Chief, Master Chief will learn a lesson. So Master Chief can take a lesson from exactly. From, uh, from Samus don't, is the Master Chief of her universe. Yeah. So leave Chief. <laughs> keep his helmet on. Don't give him too yes. much to talk about. Don't go into his childhood too much. Leave him the way he is. Well, it's very similar. I think. For, yeah, go, go oh, ahead. I was just gonna say it's mm-hmm. very it's very similar for me. At, um, out, outside of video games, it's the same way I look at Boba Fett in Star Wars. He's he's very much like. Uh, Sir, this is a video game podcast. I'm gonna have to stop you. Right and it's gonna it's gonna. <laughs> you can shut up for a second. I'm gonna talk about Star Wars. Damn it. <laughs> Uh, but no, it's, it's the exact same way. He's this. He, what makes Boba Fett so awesome is that you don't know much about him. You don't. You know, he's he's very much. I mean, he he has some lines, some a little bit of dialogue. There have been obvious. There have been many comic books and and novels with him as a character, and so he has to have dialogue in that. So he's not so much if he's silent. It's his origin that's a mystery, or his origin after. Uh, like episode three, like in between episode three and four and all that other stuff. But so th- for me, that's like the, like the hesitation I have when it was announced that they were making a possible spinoff Boba Fett movie. Ooh, no. Where it's like, that better take place after Return of the Jedi. If it takes place before that, I don't want to see it. Because that's, that's going to take away from the mystery of the character. You want to preserve the character. I agree 100%. So, so what were you going to say? And I was just going to say, that I think video games are the really the medium in which a lot of these silent characters thrive the most. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think that's kind of an obvious statement, yeah. but still, it's just it it speaks a bit of volume about what video games are and exactly how characters can best thrive in this medium and what developers should think about doing. That being said, there are a few exceptions that I think of, like Nico Bellic from Grand Theft Auto 4 that I really was attached to. But but again, it, 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 as much as he was uh, an, uh, not a silent protagonist, it was his motives. Not that I agreed with them, it was just that I it was just that I understood them. <laughs> that was, a, that was enough for me. With them. <laughs> it, it's like my diary. <laughs> they posted on my wall. 
Oh. <laughs> I tattooed two of them on my back. He's made sense. <laughs> Other than that. He made perfect sense. <laughs> but you know what I mean? So there are characters out there that, like, I mean, I don't know Nathan Drake from the Art series, but I know I hear that he's a very famous sort of people love him as a character. Yeah. And I know he's more very fleshed out and talks a lot. So you know how I, I feel about yeah, him. Yeah, we don't need to Let's not talk about that. Mogan, Mogan hates him. Mogan doesn't like him. <laughs> Let's not go there. I forgot. I forgot. We just won't go there. <laughs> just don't go there. Don't bring it up. Flashbacks. But no, I. Well, what about the Boba Fett game? Because there was still supposed to be. Star Wars 1313. What was actually, does anyone know what that was supposed to be? Yeah, about? it was supposed to I be, no it was rumored that you were going to be, uh, Star Wars 1313, that you were going to be Boba Fett in that game, which I was like, hell yeah. And I might have been more okay with it there, but then at the same time, you know, we don't really, you, you were supposed to be a bounty hunter, apparently. And then it just never got far enough in the development stage to know what that was going to be. Um, you know, so, so who knows? I mean, they did have the Star Wars bounty hunter game that you were Jango Fett. Uh, Boba Fett's clone father. Oh, for those who don't, are not as familiar with Star Wars, where's Boba me. Fett's daughter? He doesn't have one. Give me one. Don't think you can't have. I, I, I want a Boba Fett daughter. Okay, BB well, Fett. What's a BB <laughs> Fett? <laughs> well, That's a good uh, idea. I'll contact. I'll contact. Yeah, contact. Uh, uh, Luke, get, get in touch. Get in touch with LucasArts. Tell them. Give them the deets. Yeah, yeah. I'll yeah. see what I can do. I'll write up. Write you up a list. But yeah, so I don't know what happened with uh, 1313. I mean, it was probably canceled. It was canceled mo- most likely due to the, you know, the Disney takeover and the shutting down of LucasArts and all that. Oh, stuff. that's right. But they do have the new, a new oh, one that, uh, in development, though, that they showed off uh, brief footage, uh, in-game footage of at uh, E3, I believe. And it looks fantastic. Graphically looks mm. fantastic because that it, did, it gave nothing about story characters anything like that but the little snippet of the in-game footage rendered for the in-game engine it looks fucking beautiful nice. so i'm excited about that very nice cool well i do have one last character that i i'd like to talk okay. about and that um and she comes from the telltale series as well i already talked a little bit about you know tales from the borderlands and that's really great if you have the opportunity to play that please do like just their character design all over is really great um and the way they introduce those characters as well like that's it, it's amazing what they do with storytelling but the last character that i want to talk about is is clementine um and she's this little girl um in the walking dead uh series the walking oh, dead video yeah, game yeah, made yeah. by telltale right. and i do want to give a short disclaimer i um i do know a, a gentleman named juan baca who works at telltale he's a game designer he actually is currently working on the batman batman arkham series nice um so as i talk about this please know that that's a connection i am a bit of a fanboy <laughs> um because of that connection um so far, we kind of talked about all these characters that are pretty fantastical, right? They kind of live in these worlds, and they're designed to be in these worlds. And so it's not that it's easier. It's still very difficult to make character design, but when you have all these different universes that they need to be fitting in, um, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's a little bit easier to kind of create all these different things that really make your character pop and stand out. But when you have something like the Telltale series or like an episodic game where it's for the most part taking place in a very basic world, there's no kind of magical or fantastical elements to it, you have a lot less to work with for your character design. You're kind of like operating with the basic human. And like uh, Zach said, aside from appearance, like you're really relying on the emotions and the motives to kind of carry your character through and make their design stick. And for Clementine, the thing that really jumped out to me um, because that that character for me I hadn't seen yet. Um, I know that in the Walking Dead series, the only kid that I can really remember, at least from the television show, I, is I can remember Carl. Like I don't remember seeing too many kids as a whole in the Walking Dead or a bunch of like different um, uh, like apocalypse 
things. But the thing about Clementine is just the way that they designed her with like all this very nice little curly hair. She has this very like quaint little cap. She has this very like small little body. And there's all this carnage going around in the world around her. You have this very little girl with this very expressive face. Um, and her motive is just to, you know, find her parents. And you, and at each time, you know, she's talking to one of the characters whose name is Lee. Um, you can read on her face the way that they've made her and the way that, you know, she gestures towards herself. Um, her motives just to survive really come through and the way that they've designed her in, in that game. Yeah. Yeah. I played the season one of the walking dead game. Oh, telltale walking dead game. Yeah. And yeah. She was, a. Oh, I, 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 I told Juan, I, I actually met Juan here at NPR and I gave a tour and he was, actually on the tour and it's so funny because you know he was a big fan of public radio and i was a big fan of telltale so we have this very like very cool like bonding moment and i told him like that game i want to talk about games that that make you feel all the feelings and break your heart for me that is one of those games i played it a season one like straight through um just one night i was just i was absolutely bored i was up at like 2 a.m i was like i guess i this worst best mistake of my life i guess i will say (laughs) because i feel i literally went through all the stages of emotion that you can possibly think of. I remember sitting up like, what am I supposed to do the rest of my life? Like, what happened? Because I don't want to spoil anything, but something happens. Lots of things happen. Yeah. Okay. But something happens in like the middle and the beginning that devastates you. Um, and the way those characters are designed, even Lee, that we did, haven't talked, we talked a little about women in video games, but we haven't really talked about um, like minorities and other representation in video games. And that's a conversation for a different day. But even the way Lee is designed um, to kind of be this everyman and have that an African-American still very much an everyman, even with taking on an African-American identity, just expertly done, yeah. even with his own motives, who I also will not spoil. Right. Yeah. I, oh, dude, I got to play this game. Oh, yeah, please. I, remember, I, I know about it. I know. I definitely know. You could probably, it, yeah. probably get like, what is it? Is it up to season three, four in that in that one? I don't remember. Yeah, I think it's three. Yeah. I think it's three. Like Clementine's gone through some evolutions. And again, that really goes with her character design. Because again, in the game, like especially in season one, she has really curly hair and she has the ball cap on. And I think it's at the end of season one, like Lee tells her, he's like, no, for your safety, you have to cut your hair. Um, and it's uh, not traumatic for her, but it's very difficult for her for her to let go of that that part of her identity. Right. And I thought that was a really great choice for her character design because especially for the game, like you've gone through all these episodes and she looks this very specific way. And then just before the game is about to end, you know, she, she has to completely change herself to fit into this world. And so I know she made that change and I think they might be on like season three. And she so. again, she looks, she's like much more grown up and she looks very, very different. So I'm, I'm interested to see how that new character design works into this this world that yeah. she's going to I need to play. I need to play more of Telltale stuff because I played season one of Walking Dead and I played it probably on what might have been like the worst platform I could have played it on. I played it on my iPad. <laughs> and oh, it's not bad on the iPad. I just wouldn't. Yeah, I think I, I think I got I got annoyed. Time. I, I played my second time on the iPad, but my first time was on like a clicking, a clicking computer for the most part so that I can pause it. Cause there are moments where like, I have to make a choice. I'm like, just wait a minute. Like, just give me, I have to hit this. Or like, just everybody just calm down. And I'm, I'm the only person in the room, but it's just like, everyone just take a chill pill. Let's take a breath. I go to the window. I look out gazingly like, like okay. Yeah. So I need, I need to, I, I make my choice. I need so. to give that one another shot because I think playing it on that, I was like, man, I don't. I don't like this as much, but I think it was because it was so awkward to control kind of. And I think yeah. that's kind of what got it. So I need yeah. to, I need to give that one another shot, but, uh, but no, that's, yeah. that is another great, great example of a good, of a great character yeah. design for sure. Well, I think, well, what do we think? 
we've uh, I think we probably should go ahead and, dr- and bring this one to a close. I know it's you guys are an hour ahead, so it's starting to get a little late for uh, for, for you you East Coasters. Oh, yeah, that's right. Gross. Um, I mean, we're Boo, East Coast. Coast. Yeah, all, night. I'll, all I'm going to do is play games after this. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's I'll, I'll stay on with you guys. That's right, but you can catch us on the live stream. Zach's, yeah. Google board Zach's live stream. But, uh, <laughs> Frag some noobs. I should, I'm, I should stream tonight. I should stream tonight. Uh, but we do have to do the song contest for this week before we, cl- before we close out. Uh, and so, everyone, this, one, this, uh, this song was chosen by Cody Peck, who guessed last episode's song correctly being for from the or two episodes ago uh guessed the song as from the braid soundtrack which i must say i hadn't heard anything from that soundtrack it's a good beautiful soundtrack. beautiful it's nice. good. so i want to so i need, i've been meaning to check that one out and listen to oh yeah it in its entirety but he has our uh, hint for us don't hold it up so i can see I'll i'm not able to guess wait a minute <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hear it. I don't you can to... show me. I, I won't get it. You can show me. I, I absolutely I can't, get it. I, I, I'll, never, I'll never get it again. Oh man, let's hope it's one Beck can <laughs> finally get. So, so look at how sad he is. I hate this contest. Well, you could throw him a bone. You get to pick. Can you like a multiple yeah. choice, maybe one time? <laughs> yeah, like a fifty-fifty <laughs> lifeline. Yeah, come on, team chat. Something like something, that. Something. Something. Throw him a bone in some way. All right. So Cody's hint is: this cuttlefish ain't that cuddly. This cuttlefish ain't that cuddly. Okay. So, what does that mean? Yeah, God damn. Can we talk? Can we talk? <laughs> that's, a, that's literally a sentence. <laughs> so, again, for, every, for everyone, if Wait this... a minute. Wait, does Antonio... Are you wearing Pokemon badges on your coat? Yeah, it's a whole, like... Oh, thing. that yeah. is so nice. I just noticed that. that? Style like, it for us. Pokemon Master. Oh, awesome. nice! Ooh, Indigo Whoa, Plateau Elite. Awesome. Yeah. awesome! I have like a, I have like a bag too. I, I didn't bring it with me, but it's like it's at like Professor Oak Research Lab, and it's very, it's very nerdy. Awesome! Dude, that's so. sweet. fantastic. Research. That's awesome. So, uh, for the song contest, remember if it's the first time listening, this the contest goes live Wednesday after this episode airs at nine a.m. Send first person to correctly guess uh, by reply, you know, by replying on the uh, comp, the Facebook. Uh, post that we'll put up or the Twitter uh, the Twitter post that we'll make, which is where Mogan correctly guessed for the uh, last episodes. People need to guess on Twitter more. I know. Twitter Twitter, Twitter ain't getting much love as of late. I know. But the Facebook is getting a lot of love and it's, yeah. great. it's a great place. Yeah. Uh, so if you don't like us or follow us on those places, you should do that as well as subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can also, if you want to get in contact, send us an email at teamchatpodcast at gmail.com. Antonio, it has been a pleasure to have you on. You've sent us some great topics in the past, and it was great to finally Thank be you. able to have Thank you on. Thank you. Thank you for what you do. Hashtag TCP guarantee. Hell yeah. TCP guarantee. guarantee. But this draws this episode this, <laughs> that draws this episode of Team Chat Podcast to a close. Until next time, I'm one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson, joined to my right by Rachel Mogan. Peace out. And to my virtual left, Zachary Parks. <laughs> peace, peace. And our special guest, Antonio Linear. We'll see you all. We'll see you all Namaste. next time. And stick around for the song.